Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. Football on Off the Ball. All right, half seven on a Thursday. John Giles is in studio. How are you keeping? Good night, then. So, since you were in last week, the Republic of Ireland played their two qualifiers, picked up four points, the one-all draw over in Denmark. Yeah. I think general positive reviews for that, and then a bit of frustration on Monday night with the 2-0 win over Gibraltar, but they got the job done. Yeah. Were you happy with what you saw from the two performances? Uh, yeah, generally speaking, you can always be better, uh, Nathan. Uh, I thought in Denmark, um, the... We didn't play. We didn't play very well. Denmark should have won the match. Had the better chances, but I thought the approach, which wasn't mentioned after the match, really, the approach that Mick had and the team had, was more encouraging than a couple of years ago when we played there and got a draw, but we never got a, out of our own box. Mm. Uh, so, like Mick can only go with the players that he has. But, but the point I'm making is that I don't think he stopped them from going forward when we had the chance to do so. I mean, even after we equalised. Like, McLean had the best chance we had in the match after that, to you know, which mm. meant we weren't sitting back holding on to the 1-1 draw, we were actually going for it. Of course, you need the players to do that, but you can only make the, first of all, the philosophy has to be right, uh, and, and then hopefully the players will pick up from that and get better as they go along. You know, with Denmark away, it was a very hard match because mm. they have better players than us, Nathan, at the moment, that's a fact. Uh, but I thought the approach was good. You know, I thought Denmark should have won the match. I think they had a better chance. What was the approach, do you think? What was well, the philosophy? Well, I think the approach was, we're not going to sit back here and take it for 90 minutes. When we do get a chance to go, uh, this is from Mick, what I'd be, I think Mick would be saying, we go, go at them, we're going to play as well as we can, go at them. Now, you can only play as well as you can with the players that you've got. But what I'm, what I'm talking about is the philosophy. I think the philosophy before that, under, under, uh, under Martin, was we're going to sit back here. And we'll take we'll take everything because the match in in do you remember a couple of years ago? Well, the, the, it was a no score draw. Playoff, yeah. But we were kicking the ball out of play. Uh, we were back. We never got out of our own box for 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 the ninety minutes. This was a different approach. This was if we have a chance to go, we're going to go, and we did. I mean, Duffy's got a good header. Mm. But again, I go back to the McLean thing. Like McLean had a great chance near the end of the game. So I'm talking about the approach to it rather than. Uh, going away and sitting back and inviting the team on all the time. If I remember correctly, I think it was maybe Harry Arter that was one of the main sources of your frustration. Not maybe him personally, but he was in the middle of midfield and sort of implementing probably what the management team had told him, that every time he won the ball back, kicked it out of play or just kicked it straight back into the Danish half of the pitch. Yeah. Did Ireland try to get on the ball anymore yeah, on Friday night? That's the point I'm trying to make, but you're making it better than me. I, I think when, when, when Martin was in charge and Arthur was the same, and like Martin would be asked, Arthur, did you tell the players not to, to do what they were doing? He'd mm. say no. But the big question is, did you tell them not to do it, to be constructive as you possibly can? I mean, Arthur can play a bit, as we know, and even the players that he played, played with Arthur that night were better players on the ball than they were that particular night. So that was a change in philosophy, there's no doubt about that that Mick said to these lads, look, when you have a chance to get on it, get on it. And when we have a chance to score and score it goes, because we had a fair bit of the ball in certain areas, areas, uh, uh, periods of the game. But the point I'm making is that even when we made it 1-1, McLean had our best chance. We weren't getting it in the corner to waste time. You know, so I think the attitude of Mick was, look, when we have a chance to do it, let's do it. Now, obviously you need the players, you need better players to do it better and better. But I think the philosophy was encouraging from that particular match. Where does it break down then, that philosophy of trying to hold on to the ball? 
in terms of not having the players? Is it in the middle of midfield? Mostly. Is it the attacking players? Mostly, yeah. Mostly, the, 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 like it's very difficult for defenders to influence a game because they're defended. Mm. Midfield players can go forward and they can go back. So their position in that midfield, they're, they're, they're the ones that you rely on to get a hold of the ball. Now, we didn't get a hold of the ball uh, very well. Mm. Uh, at times in, in the game, we, we, but we did our best to get a hold of it. So it was, it was, it was. But they tried, they just didn't have the ability at times. Yeah, that's the way, that's the way I, I would put it. But then when, to be fair to him though, when we had to defend, we defended, well, the lads at the back were very good. I thought, you know, the goalkeeper was very good, two fullbacks were good, two centre-backs were, were excellent. So we actually defended well. But th then you need the extra bit in midfield to get a hold of the ball and lads up front to hold it, all the various things that you need to do. But, but, but the point I'm trying to make here, the, the attitude and approach to it was positive. Seamus Coleman's spoken a lot over the last few months and again after the game against Denmark about wanting players to be brave, which is something you yeah. talk about as well, wanting the ball, that yes. when he has it in that right yes. back position that the midfielders are looking for it and yeah. willing to take a risk. Do they have that in them? Have Howard and I, I don't think there's, I wouldn't question them not being scared to get on the ball, Nathan. I think they did try to do that. But that's one thing to have the courage to get on the ball. The second thing is to be able to use it. Mm. So the breakdown was a lack of ability and, and players not playing as well as they, we know they can play. Brady, for example, Hendrick, for example, can play better than they did. Now can, and, and Mick has no, no control over that. He can only pick the players that he thinks is going to be able to do it. But I think they were encouraged to do it. And they did get on the ball at times, but they didn't use it very well. That's a different thing altogether again. You know, All the manager can do is say, this is what I want you to do. Then it's up to the players to do it. Right? And a lot of times we didn't do it. But is that always the right thing to do? If, if yeah. Mick McCarthy's looked at that now away to Denmark and thought, you know what, I tried to get them to play some football, there was a good energy, yet still Denmark created a dozen chances during that game? Well, not a dozen, I don't think it was... Maybe not that much. Wasn't that many. No, they, but, yeah, but like Denmark, you'd have to say in the night, if you look at the paper, they, they had better players than we had. Obviously, when, you, when your team doesn't play as well mm. as they could play, the opposition plays better. But I, I think from our point of view, if you don't, encourage them to do it, like it, I'm talking about Hendrick and Brady in particular, they're never going to do it, Nathan. Do you know what I mean? The manager has to live with that up to, well, he, he, left, uh, he left Brady out of the next, out of the next match. But, but you know, I've seen Hendrick play better than he played. I've seen Brady play better than he's played. But the manager can't then say, okay, they play, didn't play well on the night, so therefore I'm not going to ask them to play. What you've got to do is get the best that, from them that you know you can get. And it doesn't happen overnight. You know, one of the big things with Mick taking over, uh, in, say, in relation to Martin O'Neill, for example, I think Martin O'Neill had seven or eight or nine friendly matches before we played mm. the first competitive match. Mick is into it straight away. You know, he hasn't had time to, to get a team together to do what's needed to be done because what good managers do, the more games you play, the better the team becomes. Uh, Mick hasn't had that. He's, 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 he's been into it, into it straight away. Uh, so, like, Hendrick has got to play better. Brady's got to be better. One or two other players have got to play better. But if you, if, you, if you stop them after that match and say, no, I don't want you to do it, they're never going to do it, yeah. Nathan. Hendrick's been a, a real source of frustration for Irish supporters, I think ever since Euro 2016, when he did perform and he did get on the ball and that midfield of Hendrick, Brady and McCarthy seemed yeah. as though they were going to be a bright new future for Irish football. Yeah. Actually, we would try and keep hold of possession a little bit more. Are there certain circumstances where Hendrick plays better, or do you think it's just purely I, I, on the day? Well, 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 first of all, it's, it's impossible to know uh, what's that. Maybe it's a lack of confidence. Mm. Uh, 
I don't know, because we don't know what's inside his head. We don't know what's going on week by week at, at Burnley or whatever he's playing. All you can do at football is see what you see on the field. And uh, like you can see a lad not playing well and his confidence is gone. You know, you know, you see him playing one week and he's very good and he's having a bad time. The confidence goes. Uh, but the great players come back from that. The really top players come back. But what we do know, we've seen Hendrick play better than he's played in recent times. Mm. We've seen Brady play better. So it's there. It's in them. It's getting it back out of them now. And Mick is not w with them day by day anyway. And he can only put them in as he sees it. Now, he left Brady out in the second match, as I said. But the, the fact is, they're not playing badly because they haven't been encouraged to play. That's your starting point from the manager's point of view. He's got to encourage them to get on the ball. And that, that's what you expect them to do. We did it at times, but not, not as much as you would want them to do. In, in that particular match. McCarthy obviously felt then that there was no need for Glenn Whelan in the game against Gibraltar and trusted Howerton and Hendrick in the middle of midfield by themselves. Ireland had over 70% of the possession. Mm. What did you make of the two of them in that game then, where Ireland actually did have a lot of the ball as to how they used it in midfield? I, well, I don't think they used it as well as they could have used it. Uh, but it, like what happens in the, in the second match is different altogether, as we know, because you're given the possession. Do you know what I mean? You're not you're, like the, 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 the Gibraltar are not going to get on the ball and, and then you're going to have to win it back because we had it most of the time anyway. It's a qu question of using it from there. Uh, and like we, we had a couple of chances early on, uh, and it's all lifts and butts in football, that would have made a big difference. I think had we scored a second goal earlier than we did, then it could have been, could have been anything because the people are more relaxed to do what needed to, to, to be done. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it was necessarily because Whelan didn't play. As you know, I'm not, I'm not a great lover of the Holden midfield, midfield player. Mm. I don't think uh, uh, Glenn Whelan played particularly well in the Denmark. He certainly didn't get on the ball. But then people say, well, we didn't expect him to get on the ball. So <laughs> there's a, I would expect a midfield player <laughs> to get on the ball. I think we half an hour out of you on that. Yeah, you know, so, but, that's, but that's another day's work. But uh, uh, you know, I think one of, one of the big issues as well that I heard afterwards, quite, quite a few people, lads in the game, that they would have given Doherty a chance uh, mm. in, against Gibraltar. Yeah, well, let's talk about that then, because okay. Matt Doherty... Well, 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 I spoke with Liam Brady, I was with Liam the other day, and a few players said, well, I can't understand why Mick... And I can understand where they're coming from, because uh, the, the attitude was, well, we're going to beat Gibraltar anyway. Why not give Doherty, who's been a terrific player for Wolverhampton all, mm. all year, as we know, and we're a little bit unlucky that we have Coleman and Doherty playing in the same position where we could spread it around the pitch. And this is what some, a lot of people like Liam was getting at. If we played Doherty in the middle of the pitch, he did play on the right-hand side against Gibraltar and he was, he was out of it, as most of the players were on that particular day because the, 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 the conditions yeah, were very, conditions. very bad. Is he going to play it in the middle of the field? And, and, and it's, it's a good argument. Liam was very, very, very strong on it. I he said, I would have played him, see what he could do. He said, and the, the attitude, I think, with most people was because we're going to beat Gibraltar anyway. Right now, uh, I've been thinking about it since, and I can understand the, 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 the logic to that. But what, what you've got to do is put yourself in Mick McCarthy's situation as the manager, right? Don't forget, he hasn't had the chance uh, to put Doherty in a match where it was a friendly match, where it wouldn't matter this much. And when you're a manager of a team, in my opinion, like Mick was, Mick's attitude would be, I'm not taking a chance on this against Gibraltar. It's too important. Because it's okay for outsiders, myself includes, well, we should beat Gibraltar anyway. Mm. But we only, we only beat Gibraltar in the last, to, to finish the match up in, in, in injury time, Nathan. You know, what the manager would be thinking, I'm putting myself into mix head now, anything could happen here. 
What happens if, if I put Doherty in that position and we only draw? Right? Because he hasn't seen him play in that position. Like he's never, Doherty has never played in the central midfield position for Ireland. No. Right. So therefore, you don't know how he's going to do. Can you not tell that from the training ground? No. They had two, no. two and a half weeks beforehand no, no, on the no, training no, no, camp. No, 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 you can't tell that much from the training ground anyway, Nathan. You can't. You can assume and you can train, but you have to see the matches. What I'm seeing about, saying about Mick, Mick didn't have a chance to play friendly matches to put Doherty in the middle of the field, where it didn't matter whether we won or we lost. And you could see what he could do. Now, he might be a terrific central midfield player, right? He might, and he might not. But from, I'm only talking about from Mick's point of view as the manager, and I can put myself in Mick's position as a manager one time. I wouldn't have taken a risk on it. Right? I would go with what I knew at, against Gibraltar and hopefully in a friendly match put Doherty in there. But he hasn't had the opportunity to do that. You won't, you won't do it on the training ground, Nathan. You can only do, what you do on the training ground is practice from the previous match to put things right and do it. But it, it, there's, there's no comparison between training. You, get, you might get it. What's the point of, what's the po- aside from fitness, what's the point of training then for players who aren't in the starting 11? Well, you, you, first of all, you, you have seen them play for, for other teams, mm. and in particularly in Doherty's case, that's where you make up your mind where you see them play. Now, play, Doherty playing in the wing back position for Doherty, for the, if, if, if Coleman wasn't playing, he goes in there, and you've no problem with that because you know he can do it. But it's quite a drastic change to play a wing back in the central midfield position. Well, what about the other option anybody. on the where he played against Gibraltar away from home on the right-hand side where Robbie Brady played, who, as you said, didn't have a fine game against Denmark, was dropped, hasn't played much football, he's been injured, you know, barely played at all for Burnley over Robbie Brady. Or Jeff Hendrick, who, as you say, yeah. looks as though he's short in confidence. Actually, you've got a player here who's been outstanding in the Premier League. He's, he's in the peak of his form. He's been outstanding in the Premier League as a wing-back. Mm. He has been outstanding in the Premier League as a midfield player. There's a world of difference in it. Nathan, you know, if you play uh, uh, Doherty, which we played him on the right-hand side of midfield, I've never seen him playing there before. I don't think Mick McCarthy's ever seen him play before. So you don't know how he's going to do. Now, as it happened in Gibraltar, he didn't play very well in that position. I thought he was lost in that position, but so were a lot of other players because of the conditions. Mm. So you would wipe that off. So from Mick's point of view, now coming into Gibraltar in the next match at home, right, the talk was to play him in central midfield. Never seen him play there before. And uh, I'm only saying the, the, the thoughts from Mick would have to, to, to people like myself who would say, give him a go in the centre midfield, right? There's too much at stake to do that. Mm. That's, I'm, I'm talking about from Mick's, in Mick's head. From us, like, watching on and saying, that's what I would do. But your life, in, your life in football is not dependent on that. Whereas Mick knows if he puts Joe Bloggs in, whoever he put in, their midfield players, he knows what he's going to get from them. You don't know what you're going to get from Doherty. He might be brilliant, Nathan, in that position. He might be, but you don't know. Is Gibraltar not the game to take that risk? I could take a risk on it. Uh, Liam could take a risk. Anybody that say could take a risk on it. But they're not the ones that afterwards, say you draw the match and he doesn't play well, and say, how could you do that? You've never seen the bear playing in that particular Mm. position. That's what Mick would be thinking, right? I'd say, I'll go with what I know to win this match. What he knows that can win that match. He doesn't know what Doherty. Now, what could happen, hopefully we can, get a couple of friendly matches and stick him in there mm. and see how he can do. He might do very well. He might not because it's a totally different position altogether.
53106 is the text number. John Giles is live in studio this Thursday evening. We're going to take a quick break and we'll chat then a little bit more about the Republic of Ireland. Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. John Giles is still with us in studio. We're talking about the Republic of Ireland's Euro 2020 qualifiers. So Ireland left it very late to get the second goal to yeah. settle it against Georgia. One of the concerns coming out of the two games were the lack of goals from our strikers. And he made changes, Mick McCarthy on Monday night, brought in Callum Robinson to start, brought in Scott Hogan, went with Dave McGoldrick, a very attacking lineup. Yet still Ireland are in a position where the four strikers in the squad, none of them have scored an international goal mm. so far. Is that something that would concern you heading into the tougher qualifiers to come in the autumn? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, that is a, ma- a major concern, Nathan, because you need somebody to be scoring goals. You know, you're not going to be winning matches like 1-0 all the time with, mm. with, with, with Duffy coming up and, and you know, de- depending on players, you have to have strikers scoring goals. And it's, that's a big problem. How much no of a difference does that make to a confidence of a squad when you can't keep going back to Robbie Keane, but I sense we will for years to come. Yeah. But Robbie was a terrific striker, as mm. we know. And you see, goals dictate games, Nathan. There's no doubt about that. And uh, like if you get a good goal scorer, you can, you can be not playing so well, but if he gets half a chance, he's going to score. Uh, and, and that changes the whole course of the game. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's the most important thing in football, scoring goals. Uh, now, whether these lads are going to get any better or not, or come good, we don't know. I mean, they, 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 they showed it like Maguire, they, they, sorry, McGoldrick up front mm. is a lively lad. I liked it, was it? Robinson. Uh, Robinson came on. They, they, they're young lads, you know, they maybe get one goal in the breaks and, and they, could, they could become players. You know, I've seen players before who played a few matches in international football for different countries, haven't, haven't scored, and then they get one and they're off and running. That could happen. And I think the point about those lads as well, like they're not missing many chances. Uh, like, like Denmark away was a very difficult match. They're probably the best team in our, in our group. So we didn't make that many chances. It's not as if they're missing that and then they missed a couple against Gibraltar I think we could have done, done better in that particular match but it's, it's difficult because you can only go with what we have and I think Mick, that's all Mick can do at the moment but it is a problem there's no doubt about that Were they on a bit of a hiding to nothing in that Gibraltar game in terms of trying to rack up a goal Seamus Coleman said that he felt they weren't patient enough that there was this desperation from very, very early on that we don't need to just win the game we need to score five or six to impress everybody yeah, well, that well that happens as well you know because they say you should be you should beat this team six nil six nil so before you even start uh, you know you're, you're under pressure to do it but it wasn't just Gibraltar here uh, we haven't scored goals for a while mm. uh, you know Shane Long has been out and, and Walters has finished playing uh, Robbie Keane obviously over the years so we haven't really replaced those players unless these players come on you know the young, youngest players they're inexperienced at, at that level we'd have, we'd have to be patient and wait and see but at the moment there's no big cure where we have terrific forwards out there that we can put on in place of these lads you, right. can, only, you can only go with what, with what you have and that, that's, that, that's the case but what, it is, what, what is better for Mick now like he's had what Three matches, four matches under his belt. Four matches, yeah. Like, like what I was saying early on. Like, if you, the the great the great thing is to have four or five matches before you have a competitive match, right? He hasn't had that. So, but he's had four matches that he can see the players, and make up his mind who who he really thinks is is best for those positions. But uh, you know, we're not we're, we're not blessed with loads of terrific players. But all you can do is make the best what you have. And to be fair to Mick, I mean, he's made a really good start, Nathan. You know, he made a really good start. 
Uh, there's points on the board. I know we're coming into the more difficult uh, matches on paper, but but he's learning more all the time. He's learning more about the players. I want to change tack slightly because okay. there was a tweet came in from a listener yesterday. I think this was going around on social media. It was a picture of yourself. You'll see it on screen there alongside Alan Ball and yeah. Trevor Francis yeah. in your Philadelphia Fury jersey. Yeah. Playing in the North American Soccer League. Is this, what, yes. 1978? 1978, yeah. How long did yeah. you spell it, Philadelphia? It was about um, three months. It was the close season here because, as we see, the, I don't know whether the soccer season's changed in America. I think it has. They were playing in our summer. So I'd fi I was playing with Rovers at the time. So I was, pl I was, I was playing, uh, able to play. And how did it come about? Um, actually, they were a new franchise. Mm. And uh, actually, I think they were show business lads uh, in, in coming from London. So that attracted the, you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> decided to... Uh, Actually, there was quite a well-known band. I can't remember who. They were well-known. I can't remember them now, Nathan. But they were getting a team together. It was the first year that they played. Peter Osgood was there. There was quite a few uh, English lads. John Dempsey was playing in it. Uh, uh, Peter Osgood played in it. There was a few English lads. Pele had been there with the New York Cosmos. Yeah, he'd finished at that time. We played in, we played in all the big teams uh, in the Cosmos and that. It was, I enjoyed it. It was good conditions, good standard. Much better standard than I expected it to be. Uh, and what was the attraction? Was it that the condition, the money was so good that it yeah. was on the off-season? <laughs> yeah. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, simple as that, yeah. yeah. People might think, listen, that, that's very greedy. But when I played, there wasn't big money in the mm. game, believe it or not. Like I, the most I earned, at least, would be 10 grand a year, which was good money at that time. Yeah. But there was no player of my generation, whether Bobby Charlton or anybody else, finished football financially secure. And put their feet up, yeah. You just couldn't. I mean, and we were playing during a lot of my time in the, in the Labour government. You know, we won the league in 1969 and we got a three grand bonus, which is a good ground, finished up with 900 quid after tax. So you, you couldn't, and I played for a long time, but you couldn't, uh, uh, sorry, you couldn't retire financially secure. Nobody These could. opportunities came up, most people jumped at it? Oh yeah, well Alan Ball went, Peter Osgood, there was a lot of English lads, uh, and did you take it seriously when you were over there? Oh, yeah, you had to. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. The conditions were good. And they had different things. See, I heard all oh, the Mickey Mouse over in America. Mm. They've all different, these Mickey Mouse things, you know, gimmicks and that. Actually, what they had there was very, very good. At that time, they had a 30-yard, I think it was 30, 35 yard, where you couldn't be offside. So there was an extra line on the pitch, 35 yards from the goal. Yeah. And yeah. anything past that wasn't offside. Yes. Because there was a lot of football in England at that time, where they, were, they were pushing out and playing offside. So that, that was one of the so rules. So how did that affect the way the game was played? Did that mean there was... Well, you, well, you, couldn't, you, couldn't, you, you, you couldn't be offside that often. It stopped teams running out the halfway line. It didn't affect the overall flow of... Like, no, there wasn't more space in midfield or anything like that? Not at all. Because you, you couldn't be offside in, in that particular... I think it was 30 yards uh, at, at that time, which was good because the defenders couldn't come running out beyond beyond that mm. so it left it left it more open to play and the second thing is they had the shootout if it, it, it teams uh, which I thought was very very good it wasn't it wasn't Mickey Mouse at all uh, first of all there was no draw you couldn't have a draw in the game so every match went to a penalty shootout well not every match if that, that was it, a draw. That, but it, it wasn't a penalty shootout it was a shootout but what, what, what the shootout was that you got the ball on the halfway line and you could have one touch before you got your shot in. Do you, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I, I watched one of them earlier on. I think it's five seconds as well. Five seconds. You, you had five seconds to get your shot in. Now you could, you could 
knock it as many times as you want, but you had to get your shot in before five seconds was up. Mm. And it really, really was great for the crowd because there was a bit of skill in it more than penalties. And what they also was very, very good is to stop teams playing for draws. If you lost 4-3, right, the winning team got six points or seven points, but the team that scored three goals got three points. So you got a point per goal as well. Yes. So even if you were beaten 4-3 away from home, you didn't come away with nothing. So if you were 4-0 down, it was in your interest to keep going rather oh, than totally. just giving yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, if you, were, and, and you, you scored per, for goals as well, you know, for the team that scored the yeah. goals. So there was no, no score draws. Well, there was in the 90 minutes, but then you had to have a shootout. If you lost the shootout, you didn't get any points at all. And the team that won the shootout got a reduced number of points. All ah, right. So the encouragement was to score goals. But apart from that, no, I enjoyed Alan Ball was there. Yeah. Alan Ball was a great player, as we know, uh, playing for England, and, and Peter Osgood was there. We had a lot of... Uh, Fran O'Brien came. A few Irish lads came over. Pierce O'Leary. Pierce O'Leary, Fran O'Brien. Uh, uh, the initial investors for Philadelphia Fury included Mick Jagger, Peter Frampton, Paul Simon, Rick Wakeman. Yeah. And were they around? Uh, I think one... I, only, I think I only met one of them. I think it was Wakeman uh, was at one one of the matches. I don't know why they, I don't know why they did. I think it was uh, it was um, a bit popular at that time. I think one of one of a few other uh, musicians were musicians in were, were in, 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 in in football some football uh, situation there. Yeah, it was good. Why'd I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, we no. always going to come home. Oh yeah. You weren't tempted to stay. No, no, no. I enjoyed it there because the family moved out. Like it was a great experience oh, okay. for them. You know, there was a yeah. good holiday for them. I enjoyed it. See, I wasn't—I'd been a player manager for a few years. I'd been player manager of the Irish team. I'd been player manager at West Brom. Player manager. Now I was back to being a player, which is much simpler. Yeah. Just go out and play and 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 do your stuff. So it was—it was a sort of a well-paid, well-paid holiday. Was, hmm? was this around the time Rocky was released? Yeah, about around about that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're running up and down the steps for training. <laughs> no, <laughs> we kept away from that uh, night. Actually, it was quite busy because a lot of travel in it. You know, and, and again, they were, they were clever over there because America being such a big place. If you were playing in, in Los Angeles, for example, you'd, you'd be there for eight or nine days. You'd play your three matches okay. there. So you weren't going backwards trip, and forwards. Yeah, yeah. So then you had three matches at home in, in Philly. That, that's the way it was because it's such a big place. America, I, I really enjoyed it. The football was good. The standard was good. Yeah. Interesting times. Yeah. John, great stuff. Thanks, Thanks for being in the studio. We'll talk to you soon. All right, the golf is ongoing. We'll be across to Pebble Beach to check in on Rory McIlroy's progress shortly. But up next, Ronan O'Gara is going to join us. Join the conversation. Text us on 53106. Texts cost 30 cent. Off the ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108.